The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. When it was evening, the disciples of Jesus went down to the sea, embarked in a boat, and went across the sea to Capernaum. It had already grown dark, and Jesus had not yet come to them. The sea was stood up because a strong wind was blowing. When they had rowed about three or four miles, they saw Jesus walking on the sea and coming near the boat, and they began to be afraid. But he said to them, It is I, do not be afraid. They wanted to take him into the boat, but the boat immediately arrived at the seashore to which they were heading. The Gospel of the Lord. Right as Father Luis was beginning to proclaim the gospel, you guys over here did something. A whole bunch of you. Don't worry, you're not in trouble. But right at the very beginning, you took your hands and you moved them, didn't you? Did you ever think about what that means? Or do you just do it because that's what you do in church? You didn't know I'd be asking you so many questions, did you? So let's just pause right there with that. Because sometimes the simple little things we do in church have a really important meaning to them, but we miss it either because no one ever explained it or we just don't stop and think about it. But something happens at Mass when Father's going to read the Gospel, and not just Father Luis, Father Marvin, or me, or any priest reading the Gospel, it always happens the same way. The one who reads the gospel greets the people, he announces the gospel, and then we all take our hands and we mark ourselves with our hands. Every single time. Before Father can read the words, he has to do it. Before we can hear the words, we have to do that too. And note what the church is saying there. In that little gesture, which passes so quickly, the church is saying there's something about how we have to relate to the Word of God here. And it's important enough that we do it every time. And so that we're all clear. At that moment, we take our hand and we make a sign of the cross on our forehead. And then we continue and we make a sign of the cross over our lips. And then we make a sign of the cross over our hearts. So it's three little crosses, the forehead, the lips, and the heart. You know, it really is amazing what you see from the front because sometimes you see somebody who says, I know I got to do something, but I'm not sure what, and the hand gestures can be really incredible. We make circles, we make big crosses, and that's cool. That's wonderful because it indicates, I know I need to do something and I want to try. But these gestures have a hidden meaning, so let's just talk about them at first. Does anybody here have trouble paying attention? 
Does anybody here find themselves forgetting what they're supposed to do? Does anybody here have trouble concentrating? Does anybody here have a mind that wanders? You guys are honest. The grown-ups aren't putting their hands up, but they're just as bad as the rest of us. That's what that first signing is for. And so with it is a prayer. I want the words of the gospel to remain in my mind. Because all too often we hear things and then we forget them right away. Or we hear things that are important and we never stop to think about them or try to understand them. And so we mark ourselves with the cross, but we do so because we know I have a hard time paying attention. And so I need the Lord's grace to help me open my mind to his word and to help me remember. Then we take our hands and we mark our lips. Has anybody ever had the experience of when we speak, we say things we really shouldn't be saying? <laughs> Have we ever had the experience of knowing I should tell the truth, but the lie is so much easier? Have we ever had the experience of being mad or frustrated and we've just hurt somebody by what we said? It happens, doesn't it? Because it's easy to say the bad word. It's easy to say the wrong word. It's easy to say the negative word. And a lot of times it's really hard to say the good word. And so we recognize that the words we hear we're also supposed to share, but we need help speaking the good word. And so again, we ask God to help us with that. May your word remain in my mind. May your word begin to speak through me. Note how simple that is. But it also means that we don't just show up to church to listen to the gospel for the sake of hearing stuff. It's about making a difference in our lives, and that's why we take our hand a third time and we mark our hearts. Because we want to be changed for the better. And that's what the gospel is given to us for. The words of the gospel are given to us so that our lives can become stronger and better. And that's what we want. But sometimes it's easy to settle for what isn't good for us. Sometimes we just don't want to change even though we know we need to. And so again, we ask God's help. We begin with this reflection on just opening to the gospel because you guys are getting ready for confirmation. And in miniature, what we do at Mass as we're getting ready to read the gospel is what you are preparing for in a bigger way on the day of your confirmation. Because the simple fact of the matter is to live a good life following Jesus, we need his help. Not just to remember, not just to speak, not just to change, but because it is hard to be good. It is hard to know what to do sometimes in the world we live in. And if God doesn't help us, and if we don't let God help us, we find ourselves becoming lost. And that's a big part of what our gospel reading today is talking about. This 
short and beautiful reading of a boat ride. It's an odd story. The disciples are on the shore, and they know Jesus wants to go to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. They know they're supposed to go there, but Jesus isn't with them. Jesus is someplace else. He's up on a mountain where he went away to pray, and Jesus hasn't come back down the mountain to be with them. And so the disciples wait, and they look at one another, wondering what they should do, but they do know they have to get to the other side. Has anybody here ever had the experience of knowing that you need to do something, but you feel alone, and there's no one there to encourage you, and you know you need to do it, but it would be so much easier if someone was there to help you. Someone was there to encourage you. Someone was there even to say, yes, you're right, go ahead. This is what the disciples in this story are dealing with. They know they need to do something, but they really want Jesus to be with them so that they know they're right, but he's not there. And so the story begins with a very important element of what it is to follow Jesus sometimes. One of the reasons Jesus teaches us is so that we know what is right and we know what we need to do so that we can just go ahead and do it. And that's the beautiful thing here. The disciples know they don't have the experience that Jesus is standing here saying, go right ahead. You know. Sometimes people will make the mistake, I'm praying for guidance, I'm praying for guidance, and I'm not hearing anything, therefore I don't move. And sometimes the Lord isn't going to speak to us the way we want because he says, you already know what you need to do. And so I need you to get up and do it. And so finally the disciples get in the boat and they begin moving because they know they need to do that. And so they go out on those deep waters, and it's dark. And in Scripture, when we hear those words, there's always a symbol behind them. Because sometimes we're uncertain about what the way forward is. Sometimes taking a chance to trust God, when we don't know how it's going to turn out, is like stepping out in the dark. We're not sure we can see where we're going. But they know they need to move, and so they do. So they roll out, row out into the deep waters a couple miles in the dark. And there's no one there saying, you're going the right way, guys. They just know they have to keep moving forward. And so they do. And it's as they're moving forward, doing what they know Jesus wants them to do, that Jesus comes to them. This is the cool thing about the story. Jesus isn't there on the shore to start them off with the boat. Jesus trusts them to get the boat moving. Jesus isn't there to point out the direction because he knows that they know where they're going. And so he wants them to go and do it. He wants them to move. But when they start moving, then Jesus meets them in the movement. That's the way discipleship works a lot of the time. 
The Lord gives us what we need to get started, and he wants us to get started. Then after we're moving in the direction we know we need to go, he comes. But he comes to the disciples in a way that they've never seen him before. They've seen Jesus on land. They've seen Jesus in the house. They've seen Jesus in all kinds of ways, but they never saw Jesus standing on top of the water before. They've never seen anybody do that. And as much as they thought they knew Jesus before, now they get to know Jesus in a deeper way, a fuller way, a better way. When they put out over those waters and Jesus walks across the water, Jesus is different for them now. And if they just had Jesus on the shore the way they knew him before, it wouldn't be the same. It wouldn't be as good. It would still be Jesus, but their hearts wouldn't know. And so they're surprised because here they are and no one can help me out where I am. And Jesus shows up where no one else can get to. And they experience him there as their life is moving forward. It's a really remarkable and beautiful moment. All of a sudden now, because Jesus was quiet and distant at the beginning, when he does show up, those disciples who were trying to do the right get to know him better than they ever could have if they just stayed on the shore. And then something really amazing happens. They're saying, Jesus, get in the boat with us. And even as they're trying to get Jesus to join them in the boat, we hear that the boat arrives instantaneously on the other side, where it's supposed to be going. And so they didn't have to cross all that distance by themselves. They didn't have to get there on their own. They started the way Jesus met them, and Jesus got them where they needed to go. But note how important it was that they made a good start. Note how important it was where they said, I know what I need to do, and so I just need to start doing it. As you guys move forward to the Sacrament of Confirmation, the sacrament is a lot like that. We know what's good and we know what's bad. We know basic things we're supposed to do. And the Lord wants us to begin doing those things. And part of it is getting ready for the sacrament. But as we do those things, the sacrament happens. And that's like Jesus walking across the waters of our lives to meet us. And he gives us his spirit to help carry us to where we're going. And that's really cool because the sacrament is about the rest of your life. It's about where our lives are going with Jesus. So note how wonderful it is. Jesus gives you a start. He tells you the basics of what you need to do. And then he says, just start doing it. And as you start doing it, oh, I'm going to come to you. You might feel a little alone at the beginning. You might be a little afraid, a little uncertain, but just start. Just make a try, even if it's a small one. As you begin doing that, there's a way that I will meet you that will be better than any other way. What a great thing that is. 
And it's wonderful that we can reflect on this in this exact place. Because the sea, the Atlantic Ocean, is just over there. And we are like those disciples in the boat. And on top of the rock, look who's there. Our Lady holding Jesus. And note that he looks out toward the sea. Because Jesus always has his eyes out toward the sea. Because he wants to bring those who are moving on it back home with him. And so we sit this way because the Lord is here to help us move forward with our lives to where he wants us to go. And just like in the story, something else is going to happen. Just a little different. There's no water right here for Jesus to be standing on. Oh, but in just a few minutes, in just a few minutes, Jesus who walked on the water that day, he's going to be right here. He's going to be right here. And the neat thing is, the disciples didn't get this. They saw Jesus come to them. They wanted Jesus to come into the boat with them, but Jesus got them where they were going right away. But note what's going to happen here. Jesus is coming down right here to where we are. He's not walking across water, but he steps right out of heaven to be with you here. Whether you felt his presence or not earlier today, that doesn't matter because he's going to be here in a couple minutes. Right here for you. Just like he showed up for those apostles. And right here, he's going to wait in the front of our sanctuary for you to get up and come to him. And when you stretch out your hands and receive him, when you open your mouth and receive him, you're literally taking him into the boat of your life so that he can carry you through the rest of the week and help you get where you need to go. Note how great that is. This is why what we do at Mass is so important. This is why opening ourselves to the gospel is so important. Because the fact of the matter is, if your life wasn't that important to Jesus, he wouldn't be doing this. But he is. Not for Father, not for me, for you. For you. Note how important then it is to take that step. To just step out in the direction we know he wants us to move. Because as we do that, he always meets us. Amen.